Welcome back, Literary Slummers, to another episode of Shelf Aware, the podcast where we read books outside of our comfort zones. I'm Em. And I'm Anna. This week on Shelf Aware, we are wrapping up Em's unit on the uh, no sex romance, um, where we read books that have no sex in them. We, this week, I tried to find a book, uh, contemporary romance, that we might both like that had some of the the elements of a no sex romance that we find most abhorrent. We read the accidental text by Becky Monson. What did you think, Em? It wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. It wasn't bad. It was fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would say my main vibe is unremarkable. Uh huh. Aside from that, I don't know if it was anti horny enough to mm. truly be a clean romance you know like it was but this felt like a clean romance of um timing versus a clean romance of we don't think sex is good to have before Mm -hmm. marriage um due to the fact that this was like the whole book was basically them getting to like i guess we talked about this and like what it means to be clean romance or whatever but it felt less like they were not having sex because to make a point and more just like because the story was all before the point mm. where they would be having sex. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. That. I don't know how I fold this into the genre. And I don't think it was great enough that I'm like, man, I got to get me some more of these, you know? Yeah, I I agree. I feel like I've reached a point where I'm like, clean romance, not for me. Um to take so long to get to the admit admittance of attraction, I was mm-hmm. like, please, we all see what's going on. We're 70, 80% of the way through this book. Thank you all. Um, I felt like it, I, I was kind of along the same lines as you. I was like, this isn't really a super like clean romance. But then I got to the end and there was like one sentence that really stood out to me. And then I started like thinking about it a little bit. And I was like, this is just like a really kind of quiet and insidious clean romance. Interesting. I don't think I picked up on that. So I'll be interested to see what it is. Well, I can tell you right now. The line I was thinking, the line I'm referring to is at the very, very end in that chapter where they're kind of like talking about his time away Mm, because they spent six months apart from each other. And it says the only good thing or the only good part about it was that we were so far away that all we had was talking on the phone and texting. We know a lot more about each other, about what we both want in life and how we feel about certain things like politics and religion and whatnot, because that's all we had. There was none of the physical getting in the way. I feel like I know Chase better because of it. Like, it just yeah. felt like last minute, I got to throw in this little preachy moment. And then mm-hmm. it was like, they talk a lot about like stealing kisses from Maggie like she's had kisses stolen from her by two characters in this book and it really like affects her and just like a lot of the stuff about the mental health of characters in this book and how they worry how others will feel about them uh-huh. expressing this mental health it just felt like i don't know it was it was it was like a covert yeah <laughs> i would moment. also point to the treatment of um online dating i think Mm -hmm. it comes up a couple times where people are like kind of horrified by the idea of very much the vibes that i got from this book this is going to kind of undercut the thing i said about not feeling like clean romance but it was hard to pin down exactly why it felt this way but the Mm -hmm. vibes i got from this book were like 
this is about the type of people who get married straight out of high school um, or like maybe straight out of college mm-hmm. and or um, only date people who are like introduced to them by someone else, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't know anyone in real life who's like that at yeah. this point in my life, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, she is a bit younger, so maybe that is a little bit more normal seeming at like 24. 20, oh, I thought she was 26. I can't remember if she's 24 or 26. She's in her 20s, mid 20s, yeah. we'll say. Yeah. It was it was an interesting vibe because there was a lot yeah. of like talk about like how could you be talking to a stranger? And I'm like, you guys know that in order to make friends or romantic partners, you have to talk to strangers at we some point, We live in a right? fucking society. You have to interact <laughs> with strangers. I'm sorry. I'm like, oh my gosh, this really, <laughs> I'm so over this like bullshit narrative of like millennials can't talk to anybody because we're so like, ooh, phones. Ooh, no, I hate it. Just like, fuck up. Grow up. Like, like, <laughs> just stop. But it wasn't even, it wasn't even like, ooh, phones. It was like, it was like, ooh, strangers. Which yeah, is because the they were like, to me. it's like, oh. you have to, you have to. I'm sorry. Yes. You have neighbors, people, you, you see people at the grocery store, just like fucking interact with them. It's fine. It it's was, fine. it was a weird, <laughs> it, like it, it was kind of the Jeanette Oak thing where I kept expecting there to be some sort of like religion drop at some point. Yeah. But there really wasn't. I mean, like no, she mentioned, she mentioned, you know, I believe in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. Not, I was yeah. exactly that. Um, She mentions believe having a belief in the afterlife, but like she doesn't really talk about what her specific beliefs are or really mm-hmm. reference I don't think any deity at all so it wasn't like that so I don't know <laughs> I don't know what yeah. what the deal was it was very like I don't know it felt like this could very easily go in like a slut shaming direction if it was given the opportunity and it didn't it didn't at all like this was a perfectly Uh, fine romance uh, didn't natasha a little bit oh yeah natasha was not portrayed very (laughs) kindly yeah like i get it like she's kind of if if kind of the villain of this romance i guess is she She's, she's kind of there doing her own thing. There's no other villain. The only other villains are the <laughs> protagonists themselves because they self-sabotage constantly. Yes. Um. And, and I mean, this, this. It was. It was a fine romance. I'm not saying this was a bad book. Um. It's. I just. I just prefer my romance to have sex in it, and that's fine. That's me. I think I've talked about. I've read other romances that don't include sex on page mm-hmm. or whatever yeah even but, closed door is like i feel yeah it just it's just the better. vibe i don't know there's yeah. something about this vibe which i think does put it into the clean romance the two hot people in their 20s aren't hooking up okay yeah i don't know i <laughs> it's weird because i feel like we're getting close to like anti-slut shaming like prude shaming or something but mm. um i don't know it's just it's just something about the morals of this book with the whole strangers thing, it just seems very insular to me in a way that is kind of Stepford wives, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, where it's like, Oh, like, I think that's the implications being like, you shouldn't talk to people who are outside of your community. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause people will look at you oddly for doing that, which 
why? Like, yeah. I don't get it. It was weird. It was weird vibes. Yeah. I thought the whole, like, the whole secret that Maggie, the main, that one of the leads has to keep from her family of talking to this person and why. I'm just like, this is, this makes no sense. This is a completely normal scenario. Yes. I was so confused by <laughs> I'm all so of it. I was so confused by, yeah. The effort she went to to keep this a secret and then just to blurt it out later. What? And the okay. fears that she had, I just didn't understand. Anyway, yeah. we'll get into all that. Um, would you recommend this to anyone? Yeah, I think there's definitely an audience for this book. If, um, you know, if you are someone who, um, maybe you, you're not sure if you want to dip into the whole sex on the page yet in a romance, like, definitely. This could be for younger readers, definitely, too. Um, if you're just looking for a quick, like, airplane beach read, it, it was, it was a serviceable book. It was good at some points. Like, there were cute moments. It just, to me is lacking in very specific departments Mm. yeah maybe if they were all like paranormal also (laughs) just read this book and pretend that meg is a vampire it works exactly the same chase is a shifter (laughs) that's why it's so weird that they're texting (laughs) what about you uh yeah i agree i think that you know it's it's a Easy breezy read. Yeah, um, I mean, it won a Swoony Award, which is yeah. the award they give out for clean romances every year. I didn't love either of the main characters, but they were both. I didn't hate them either. You know, they yeah. certainly weren't uh, Jeanette Oak levels of terrible. Yeah, <laughs> it was child like abusing children or anything. If you had manic pixie dream girl from her interior, right, is what this is. Mm, yeah. Which was a very interesting take. Like she, it's about a girl who meets a boring guy and makes him less boring. It's also very, um, there's like weird tinges of not like other girls in it. Yeah, absolutely. uh, Okay. Don't love it. But again, it it wasn't abhorrent, you know? Yeah. Well, speaking of things that aren't abhorrent. What have you been reading? Dang it. You beat me to it. I asked you. Ha ha. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've been reading a lot the last week. So I've got a couple recommendations. Um, The first one I'm not going to dwell too much on because it doesn't have anything to do with this topic. But Contra Woman by Afia Adekora. Um, Mm -hmm. It is her debut novel. Um, I read it because I saw on Goodreads that it was fantasy. And from the description, I could see how it could go fantasy, but it wasn't fantasy. It was just full on like historical uh, slavery. So there is a lot of like black trauma, which I think Mm. if you're going to do black trauma, um, you need to be very good at writing. And I think she was. So I did enjoy it. um, But also like every trigger warning possible. Of course. The other one I read, which is closer to this topic, because I believe it is a clean romance as well, in the sense that it is YA and, you know, um, is the new book from Lila Lee. Uh, because I figured, hey, we're at the end of AAPI month and we're going into Pride Month. Yeah. Um, perfect. Love it. It is Flip the Script. It is about a Korean American girl who goes to Korea to star in a K drama. Um, or she goes to school there, but like, she eventually ends up starring in a K-drama. And I believe the plot, because I'm like 25% of the way through, is like love triangle between her and the male, uh, like her love interest on the show, the actor that plays him, and his other love interest on the show. So it's like the same love triangle that's on the show, but she's the center of it because she's bi. So yay, love that. Love this. Oh my <laughs> Very gosh. Very fun. 
Um, I need this in my life. This sounds like everything I love. Yes, it's very cute. I'm about a quarter of the way through, and it's just as cute as Lila Lee's other book, um, I'll Be the One, so far. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you like that one, it's definitely YA. It's what you need sometimes. Yeah, exactly. I feel like, you know, we've talked about being seasonal readers, and I feel like if you track my reading trends, I always read YA in the summer. I don't know what that's about. Yeah. Just that's all I have the energy for after. Yeah, I think so. It's just so hot. (laughs) How about you? What are you reading? Um, so I really was like stressing because I didn't remember if I mentioned this on the podcast or not yet. I read it ages ago, but we had that break in recording. And mm-hmm. like, as I said before, my, my, my reading suggestions have been off a little bit. Um, but I read, um, for AAPI month, Love, Comment, Subscribe by Kathy Yardley, Ooh. which I thought you had read, but it turns out so. you haven't. <laughs> I don't know why I thought you recommended this book, but you hadn't. Um, (laughs) But it is about um, two Asian content creators. They both have really big YouTube channels. The guy is a, like, uh, let's play gamer type, and she's a beauty influencer and really focused on, you know, the numbers and, 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 and the hustle and whatever. And he just wants to have fun, and they've been friends since they were children and they decide they need to collaborate in order to get more views on their videos and then they fall in love and I really liked it it was um I don't know it's kind of interesting thinking about like a a youtuber relationship um felt a little parasocial um in a way (laughs) but they were fake people so I guess it wasn't (laughs) (laughs) but it was cute I I liked it parasocial like I'm trying to think of a term for for yeah, fake para para social like meta para social. But yes, there was there is sex on the page in this one, so readers beware. I suppose no, it's good. Um, and then I've like really gotten back into uh, like the whole. I don't. It's it's a browser based game called Fallen London. You know one where you oh like, I used to play that. You did you? Oh I love yeah. it. I got back into it after like not playing it for a long time. I've just been really into the fail better games like Cosmos. Mm. I guess recently they just do like um it's like a, a paranormal horror eldritchy kind of yeah. London that has like fallen into the earth and uh, you live there. And you ought to make a living and stuff. And I don't know. It, it's it's one of those games where you have energy and you have to decide how you're going to spend your energy, which is not everybody's jam. But I don't know. The lore is fun. And then there's other there's other games in their in their universe. There's one where you're like a sea captain, and you have to go around and just kind of find out whatever the fuck is happening. Mm. And then another one where you're like flying a train in the sky. I think I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they have a visual novel coming out soon. I'm really excited for. But anyway. Uh, if you haven't checked out the Fallen London browser-based game, it's free. So I gotta get back into that. Yeah, it's been yeah. it's been a while. I depleted my energy right before we started recording. So. Nice. Let it build I'm up try- as we're trying to romance a jewel thief. Ooh, exciting. <laughs> mhm. Anyway, no, it's not exciting. Most of the plot of this book. Uh. <laughs> it's another one of those books they don't do a lot of prep uh, yeah, for. as with of... most romances i mean the the plot of the romance is people struggle to get together then get together right yeah right. i mean That's we know we what like we're it. here for yeah, we bought the we... ticket we're aware what we're watching on the big screen <laughs> people are always like why do you like romances so much if it's always the same ending that's why 
I that's don't. why i like romances and it's why i like mysteries there's always an ending see that but i like. don't like mysteries i wonder mm. maybe i guess you just haven't found the right mystery nope i don't think so i don't think that's it uh <laughs> maybe we should do another unit on mysteries just for uh, you i mean we did great detective i feel like we could yeah. do another unit on cozy mysteries, mysteries. Oh, god we're um, doing the cozies you heard it here first folks <laughs> All right, let's talk about this book, though, with the, the the texting. Okay, the textbook, Accidental Text. So this is a book about Maggie, who has lost her mom, like, four months previously to, uh, I want to say, like, a, a terminal brain tumor. They'd, like, they'd known about it for a while, and it just, um, it was just a long, sad goodbye sort of situation. But their mom, her mom, she has two siblings, her mom was kind of a... Um, a daredevil, an adventuress, I guess you could say. And she uh, loved particularly to go skydiving. And it was kind of her dream to, after she died, to have her remaining family go skydiving in the type where they all link up arms in midair and then release her ashes as they're falling. Which sounds really cool, but I'm like, is that where are the ashes going? This is rude. <laughs> this is incredibly rude. The I think any sort of them. yeah. First off, number one, I also <laughs> think any sort of ash scattering thing mm. that could be like I think it's like the rule that we have at our TTRPG tables: don't accidentally let your players eat dead people. Like <laughs> that's kind of the rule here. Don't let. There's that, because that's going to go up your nose and in your mouth, number one. Number two, I think that any sort of, like, ash scattering thing that is going to be a hassle for the people involved, oh. it's like... Oh, you meant why? towards the morning family Yeah, members. why are you yeah, trying to... I see, I see, I see. Why are you trying to make them do more work? You're dead. You're done. Like, you... What You're dead. You're done. <laughs> I, I mean, maybe this is, like, just from no, my family where, like, half of my family is, like, we just donate our bodies to science and, like, don't have to handle it and whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just any any sort of, like, requests after your death. I'm like, this is too much. I, and I get that it's, like, because I'm very much of the mind that anything done after your death should be for the comfort of the people mourning you, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, like, if they want to have a funeral or whatever, or if they had come up with the idea of, like, we need to scatter mom's ashes like this because she loved it. But to be on your deathbed and be like, you have to scatter my ashes while jumping from a plane. Way. It's yeah. it's just rude. It's just rude. <laughs> like, come on. I don't know if, uh, if we've talked about it. Uh, I know we certainly haven't on the podcast, but if I, when I die, I would like to be cremated and I want my ashes kept in an urn in a really like, uh-huh. uh, like Victorian era parlor. And I want yeah. y'all to do seances and pretend you're talking to me. Stats. <laughs> <laughs> Is that rude? I don't know. Uh, that's more of it's for the bit, I feel. Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't I know. Also, and this we have talked about, I do want the Sweeplings cover of Cotton Eye Joe. Yes, we have talked wedding, about that. I'm being, at my at, wedding, at my at funeral. At funeral. Um, as I'm being lowered into the ground, which I know is also not conducive to me being cremated. Yeah, so we have to bury <laughs> so you to Cotton Eye Joe and then pull you back up, in my cremate wheels. you. Have a this special room guys. in the house that is dedicated to seances. <laughs> this is on you guys to figure out. So I'm putting it on me well. Um, 
I mean, here's the thing. I can agree to this right now. If it ever happens, you're not going to know. And if exactly. you are, if you are going to know, you're not going to be able to do shit about it. What are I'm you going to do? Haunt, haunt me? I don't believe in ghosts. Oh, yes, you do. I know exactly when you believe in ghosts. You've told me. You've told I've me the exact minute you believe in ghosts. I've said it on this podcast. I believe in ghosts the five minutes before I go to bed. Oh. So I'll be uncomfortable for five minutes out of every day. Yeah. Oh, no. And I'll How make terrible. it a real uncomfortable five minutes. Ugh. Heavy breathing, like strange noises, the door moving just so gently. When I die, I want to be buried at sea, Viking uh-huh. funeral style. No, I'm going to actually, like, go to the bottom of the sea and dig a hole and put you in it. <laughs> I didn't want that, but now I do because it is the most, most annoying way I could ask for my body to be disposed Absolutely. of. I want a Please. sky burial. A sky burial? It's where they put you outside and let all the birds eat you. <laughs> we just launched her somewhere. We don't know. We were going so fast in that plane. We don't know, we don't know where. Godspeed, um. Um, (laughs) So, (laughs) so Maggie, uh, the book opens with her texting her mom's phone. So her mom has passed and she has asked her dad to keep this phone line active because in very secret, 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 so secret, not even from her best friend. She has been texting her mom just as like a kind of therapy, like, hey, these are the problems that are happening with me. Wish you could help me deal with them. Uh, love you, miss you, et cetera, et cetera. Um, which, okay, this this is the thing. This is the thing that's being presented as like this big, horrible secret. Uh-huh. And if everyone finds out. Like she thinks if everyone finds out about this, they're going to quote unquote have me committed, which is like, Wild. that's <laughs> okay. Uh, mm. <laughs> and then, and I'm like, this is like, this is normal, right? Yes. Like, I have, yeah. Like this yes. is a healthy way as we, as is later told to us in the book from a character not on the page. Like this is, this is like a normal way to cope with your grief of like, it's like, like journaling would be, or like sending emails into, you know, it's, I just thought this was so benign. So <laughs> weird that in like, this book is being written recently and in this day and age where we have like facebook memorial pages where people will like go and write their thoughts to the deceased like you said like this is a thing that people do is i I i've read several stories of people being like oh i still call my mom or my partner or my dad's phone um to hear their voicemail which she says in this is kind of and that's like presented as the like normal thing that she might be doing with the phone number Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. Like, listening to the voicemail, which is an excuse she does use. Yeah, like, but I'm sure tons of people text their deceased loved ones. Like, that's yeah, totally, that seems totally normal. And the way that this book, everyone is like, oh, dad is grieving in his own way and we have to respect that. Oh, so-and-so's grieving and we need to respect that. And everyone, because it's not just her being like, people will think this is weird. When she does tell her family, they're all like, mm-hmm. this is so weird. And yes. it's like, no, it's not. It's not. No, it's so what normal. are you talking about? This yes. is not and weird then, even a little bit. I was kind of mad because then they reframed it. It was like, well, was I not there for you enough? Like, this is not about you. Right. Please. Also, also it, I could maybe see it from her friend's perspective. Like, because she kind of is like, hey, 
don't take this like I need to ask you this was I not there for you because I mean I get it if your friend is going through something and not talking to you and then they're like hey I've been texting my dead mom you'd maybe be like do you need more from me I think would be a better way to phrase yeah. that rather mm-hmm, than mm-hmm. like was I not there for you so and let turning- me center myself in this. right yeah <laughs> but then like her siblings do it too and I'm like yes. you guys were also obviously going through the same grieving process she was circles of grief you know you're supposed to go to the circle outside to get comfort right mm-hmm. and I don't know I guess technically that would be an inner circle the dead person but I feel like the dead person's phone is like an outer circle you know like yeah it's not harming anybody right it's it was very weird it was very weird the way everyone was like oh my gosh I can't believe that you would rather text your mom her to her, your dead mom's phone rather than talking to me your, your sister judgmental who, older your sister. judgmental older sister who's constantly busy and has no time for you I don't understand why this has happened and then she cries she cries because Ugh. she couldn't be there for her younger sister gross okay Chelsea it's giving very um parent crying when their child comes out sort of vibes yeah. of like yeah what did I do wrong? Why didn't you tell me sooner? Like, oh, yeah. Well, that, also, the nicer yeah. version of it, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, sorry. <laughs> Happy Pride, everybody. Today's June 1st. Happy Pride. Um, <laughs> so she's texting her mom because they are they are going to go do the jump. And she's feeling very nervous about it. And she can't explain why. This is certainly not their first jump they've taken as a family. I think she said they've done like 17 of these or something. So she's used to it. But for some reason, this time really doesn't sit well with her. And she ends up asking her family to back out of doing it. And it kind of just like makes everyone mad at her. Which I think... Maybe maybe this is circles of grief again. But I feel like if anyone just stopped to think about it for one second, like... It is really fucking hard to say goodbye to your parent when they've passed, right? Yes. And as Maggie discovers at the end of this book when she does finally do the jump, like, the reason she didn't want to do this is because she felt like her mom's ashes being in the urn was her last connection to her on this plane, on planet Earth, whatever, however you want to view it. Um and everyone is just like, wow, I can't believe I cleared my schedule for this and you don't even want to go through it. And, like, the dad is the only one that's like – kind of there for her where he's just like okay no big deal we'll do it it whenever totally fine let me know see you (laughs) but then like later like he's like maggie it's up to you to decide on a date that you'll feel comfortable doing this and then later like agrees to another date set by the sister so it's like okay dad is the sister the villain in this story i think so chelsea really pissed me off a lot of this book there was also this is not even to this point at all but there was also a thing that annoyed me about this book that a lot of the characters had very similar sounding names because we had Chelsea, Chelsea Chase, Maggie. and Chad, and then we had Dawson and Devin, I think. Yeah. And I was just like, why? You only have like eight characters total. There's 26 <laughs> letters in the alphabet. Why did you do this? <laughs> yes, I agree. Um, <laughs> it was a choice. Let's see. They don't do the jump. Then... Um, Maggie, the next big thing that happens is Maggie discovers that her dad has actually stopped paying for the mom's phone number and had done so like almost immediately. Because the dad is main... also a villain in this book. Yes. Dad was so okay. We got we gotta talk about dad because um he does there's... start dating again in this book. I was gonna say there's a subplot where he starts dating their widowed neighbor. Yeah. Uh-huh. Classic, 
you know, widow or widow get together. Mm-hmm. But she's been she's been a widow for a long time, and he's and been a widower for pounces. three months. Three months, and he's like, three. "I'm dating her, and we might get married months. because life is short." What the fuck? I mean, it was absolutely wild. And I know we talked about this with the last um, uh, a clean romance with again, where I was like, you know, I don't think that you should wait around. F- you know that you should have to wait around forever after you are widowed or a widower to after you're widowed to like. Yeah marry again like absolutely one day is a very short time one day period. too short also seems like a very three short. months i think is too short as well like and i get that it was like an extended like they knew this was happening but like there's just how do you have the time three months after a spouse has passed away like you're right. still doing paperwork and they kind of make the excuse of like she was in the hospital for like like she was sick for six months before she died and she was in the hospital for three of those months right Mm -hmm. so he's really been lonely lonely for six months and i'm like okay again i would buy this if their parents had a relationship this is where i'm getting the 26 24 thing from because they were 26 and 24 because i marked it because i was like it would be normal for him to be having this reaction if they got married at 18 like if they if they have been together forever and he doesn't know how to do the laundry and maybe he doesn't because they've been married for 33 <laughs> years but also like he he was an adult he was a full adult when they got married he was 26 uh-huh. he presumably did adult things like his own housekeeping and things like that maybe okay. not i don't maybe. know but that's cuz of course that's the you know typically widowers get remarried much faster and more often than widows do right mm-hmm. and the unkind version of why that is is because men don't know how to do household tasks and start freaking out when they're left to their own devices. Whereas women, especially in older generations, uh, older men use their partner as basically their only form of uh, deeper socialization, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, whereas older women have friends so like yes like i get it i get it but also that's not I long enough i don't get it your your get wife it. just died three months ago you can't just start making out on the couch with the neighbor from down the street well, getting on dating apps getting on dating apps which is i mentioned this like handled in a very weird way in this book where like they see he's on a dating app and they're like horrified by the use of a dating app they're like oh my god i can't believe he would be on a dating app i'm like how do you think people date in 2000 in the like in the 2000s period this has not been abnormal for at least a decade now most people you know school work or dating apps like Mm -hmm. that's kind of the big three Uh uh-huh and he only works with his family. So and he only he's works not with his family. Anybody there. So hopefully. Like. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did. I did ask my husband. I was like, how long would you wait after I died to start seeing someone? And he first said never, which was the correct answer. But it right. wasn't the one I was looking for. Sure. So I made him give me a real answer. And he said at least a year. Yeah, I think yeah, that's that felt I fine think to me. That in this way, the Victorians were correct. You need a year of mourning. You have to wear all black all the time. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, and absolutely. then you are allowed to re-enter society. Uh huh. You can't even leave your house. You can't leave your. I house. don't want to see you at any parties. I don't. You cannot have a good time. You must wear your widow's weeds. <laughs> yes, and as soon as day three sixty six rolls around, you can do whatever the fuck you want. It's time to fuck. You want? That's fine. <laughs> DTF on day 366. Yeah, I just, like, I can't imagine 
dating someone after like not even a a death but like if you were in a serious relationship and you broke up and being like that shit ready to date three months later i i mean i guess some people revenge dating maybe yeah like rebound which is kind of implied june might be because he's like maybe i'll marry her maybe i still want to play the field you know and i'm like okay all right his name was jim jim and june come on oh no do we know the mom's name (laughs) no just mom it was mom because once you are a mother that's all you are are. (laughs) you know this to be true (laughs) so maggie finds out that her dad Gave up the phone number. The real villain of this piece. Um, <laughs> gave up the phone number. The day, basically, that she died. Like, she's like, how he how was, long ago was it? And he was like, three months. And I'm like, she died three, she months, died ago. three months ago. She died three months ago. Jim. And he was like, well, she loved that about me that I was so fucking cheap. <laughs> Bro, first of all, you're the CEO of a very successful company. You, ha- I'm sure, have gobs of money. Just like. Just I fully thought that what $40 that a month, man. plot point was going to be was that, like, they were in debt because of, like, medical bills or something. And so mm-hmm. he was trying to cut costs as much as possible. But no, it was just like he was just yeah. like, yeah, no, you asked me to do it. And I was like, no, thank you. <laughs> Immediately said no, thank you. Like, he does this multiple times. He does this multiple times, right? Like with Maggie, who when she asks mm-hmm. for a thing, like... Hey, keep paying for mom's phone number or, hey, I want to, like, be the one to decide when we skydive. And then he's yeah, like, yeah, definitely, 100%. And then go turns around and does the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. Terrible father. Terrible. Do you think that this was a good portrayal of middle child? Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> there were a couple of points where I was like, up. Oh. <laughs> Maggie, like... <laughs> where everybody's fighting and the two the older sibling and the younger sibling both look at her and they're like it is your time and maggie's like here's the shitty thing going on in my life yes. everyone dump on me focus on me and i was like oh time to throw myself on the pyre <laughs> yes 100 percent. also the the dynamics of like no, I do not think my older brother was nearly as shitty as the older sister in this book. Yeah, no. But the the idea of like type A personality constantly organized, getting everything perfect, done. Be like this yeah, thing. and then the younger one who's just kind of fucking around. Like I was like, yeah, this makes sense. <laughs> oh, it was very funny to me. Um, so <laughs> Maggie finds out. I will finally tell you guys. We will not get sidetracked this time. I promise. I finally will tell you. Maggie finds out that. Her dad has gotten rid of mom's cell phone number because she gets a response. <gasps> I know. And, like, honestly, if you did, like, if something flashed up on your phone that was, like, from someone you've known that had died, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Go surreal for a second. But That would not be my first thought even a little bit. Oh, man. See, go- <laughs> that's, where, that's, that's where our friendship just... Because you'd have to assume ghosts are real and also yeah. they can text. I have no problem with either of those things. The ghost goes inside the phone and controls it with their ghost powers. And that's they haunt the phone. Ghost writer. <laughs> ghosts are real. And then um, the, 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 the text she receives is from some dude named Chase. It's like, hey, just wanted to let you know uh, this is not your mom's number any longer. It is mine, and I've had it for a couple of weeks. I just, I've been receiving your sometimes multiple times daily text messages to your mom and have just been reading them uh, without telling you that you how, have the wrong number. How do you handle this? 
if how do you I were handle this? Chase's shoes. The, the first time I got the text, because mm-hmm. imagine, so so this this is the way that Maggie texts. So here's the deal, mom. I don't want to do this. And so I get that text and I'm immediately like, hey, I think you have the wrong number. I'm I'm a guy named Chase. Like, I'm not your mom. Sorry. Mm-hmm. And that would be the end of it. <laughs> but no, he gets a bunch of texts from her for two weeks. I think what I would do, assuming that I got the whole text and read it, you and, would which I would because I'm a nosy bitch. You um, let this go on forever. <laughs> no, 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 no. When I get the first text and read it and realize she's talking to her dead mom, right? Uh-huh. I would send back... Um, like Ghost a emojis. message not received uh, and then like a charge or something related to it, like something billed to your account. So then she would stop doing it. <laughs> oh, my God. Because <laughs> I wouldn't want to have the conversation with her about like any of this. Uh, <laughs> I would be like, this is not something that I am not her therapist. I don't need to true. be getting involved in this. That's true. I think, yeah, you don't want to get involved. I think I think Chase handled it okay. He just did yeah. it two weeks too late. Like, if he had said, hey, I'm so sorry to hear about your mom, but here's the thing is, like, this is my phone number now, and I don't know you. I think also you could <laughs> have gotten, because he's been getting them for two weeks, and she's, like, texting almost daily. I think and he could have gotten away with, like, three days or so, because then yeah. you could have reasonably been, like, oh, hey, I thought maybe this was just a one-off thing, but just so you know, I have your, this phone number now. Um, so I am getting these texts, but to let it go on for 14 days where she's texting daily, that is a lot. Multiple times daily. That's also just a lot of texts that you then. All her deepest, darkest secrets. Yeah. That's, I don't know about that one, Chase. Yeah. And then, so, so she, she finds this out. She's shaken and she says, you have to forget everything. I delete them all. Forget it all. Empty your brain of my thoughts. Uh, and then never contact me again. He's like, righto. And he, like, the rest of the book, he, like, continues to bring up these details. Dude, just pretend. Just, just pretend, pretend you don't you know. Don't know. <laughs> Chase, please. It's never really resolved because she does bring it. She's like, why do you still, why do you remember that, this, that? Like, she's like, he must have a photographic memory. He read them multiple times. Right. Again, I was like. Two people. Did he? Yes. <laughs> so like, did he read these many, many times? Did he save them in a separate file? Like, what was, because he's never like, oh, yeah, I do have a really good memory or anything like that to yeah. kind of like hand wave it away. I don't know. He I don't just, know about this, Chase. This is suspect. Real quick. Yes. I thought for sure, until we got a little bit further along, I was like, this is someone she knows in real life mm. pretending to be Chase. I thought it was going to be the the hottie at the at the job. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. she does have this crush on a guy at work who's really hot, but he's always in a relationship, is recently single. Now she's like, now it's my time, but she just can't work up the courage to ask him out. I thought it was going to be him for sure. <laughs> but no, it's a real person. <laughs> I would have hated that a lot. <laughs> That's way yes, more that invasive. You would have had to have a real good explanation for yeah. why you kept that secret. Uh, it would have been like that C-drama where... <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Buck wild drop. It was so entertaining, but absolutely like devastatingly terrible at some points where he like this rich guy bribes a doctor to give this woman a fake leukemia diagnosis because he's like the only one that matches her blood type or something. And so she goes to him for uh to ask him to be a blood donor and he's like, nah. 
But then it turns out that he orchestrated all this because he was been in love with her for like a year. And I'm just like this unhinged. Is, this is so wild. <laughs> Absolutely wild. So you thought it was gonna be that situation. It was I not. thought it could be like that, but it wasn't, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't have handled that in a book. That's too much time to sit with it in a book. In a TV show, you can at least fast forward. <laughs> oh, my. I would watch that again now. Absolutely wild. Ugh. Can't believe anyway. I watched that show. So, um, she doesn't hear from Chase for a while. Things are kind of just kind of going ho-hum in her life. But then a few weeks pass, and she gets a che- text from Chase that is like, um, hey, so I know I promised I wouldn't reach out to you again, but my mom has just passed away suddenly in a car accident. And I'm sorry, I know you're dealing with your own shit, but like, please tell me it gets better from here. Kind of just like, you know, I'm, I know you've gone through this process. Just let me know what it's like four months down the line or whatever it is now. Which, you know, this is reasonable, I think, for mm-hmm. two people who are both in their 20s to you know, not have maybe a friend who's gone through this or something, you know, mm-hmm. that they can turn to. I was like, yeah, this makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's like the bartender effect, you know, you rather tell a stranger all your thoughts and dreams and stuff than you would someone, you know, really well. So, okay. It makes sense. So, th- so they develop a texting relationship where, you know, he makes her laugh, even though he's going through a bad time and she introduces him to fun ideas and experiences, blah, 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 blah. She, um, they're having a fancy party at her work. So her work is like, they're, her dad has a business where they wrap cars. I don't know what that is. I'm not going to, I'm not going to Google it to find out. It sounds it's, like it's you like, just put, you just put colors on cars. Yeah. 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 Um, it's like, uh, a lot of them are like advertisements and stuff. Okay. That makes more sense. I was like, how many people are just putting wild ass colors on their cars But then also, yeah, like it's become more common to do colors and things like okay. that. That's fine. If you got I, the I'm money, I guess. Person. Yeah, I, I guess there's a lot of money in it if you want to do it too. Um, <laughs> in Phoenix, Arizona, specifically, where this book takes place. And um, they're having a fancy party for their 25th anniversary. And, and it's like a, it's like a, uh, an, uh, what do they fucking call it? Like a, a donor dinner and dancing situation. What the fuck do you call that? Charity event. Gala? It's a charity gala. Yeah, whatever. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> they have one of those. And it's it's like a black tie situation. And Maggie is going, and she knows cute boy from work, Dawson, is going. And she wants to, I guess, try and make a move on him at this dance. And her best friend, Hannah, is unable to go because she has to work late. Or she's like, I'm, I'm going to be there late. Um, Hannah was such a classic romance novel best friend. It was like it was like yeah, textbook. It was textbook. even worse textbook. than I, I felt like a lot of times you have a best friend in a romance novel, especially nowadays, and you're like, oh, this girl's about to get the second book in the series. Yeah, and I was like, Hannah, no, absolutely not. No. She has her just... existence begins and ends with Maggie, and that's it. <laughs> there was a moment where. Um, like at this party, I think where Hannah eventually shows up. Um, but spoiler, I'm jumping ahead. Chase is also there, um, mm-hmm. and Hannah meets Chase for the first time and is like, "Oh, where do you work?" And Chase tells her, and he she's like, "Oh, I have a friend who works there too." And Maggie like looks at her like surprised, like, "How could you have a friend you that I don't friends. know about? This is impossible." <laughs> she's like, Sorry, um, our parents are friends. <laughs> yeah, and then she has to be like, "Yeah, her her dad works at my mom's law firm or whatever." Um, <laughs> and then it gets back into the stranger thing of she has to have Allie like 
she texts Allie and is like, hey, Allie, which I guess Allie is actually the main character in another book that this author wrote. I don't know. Oh, okay. But she texts Allie and is like, hey, Allie, do you know Chase so-and-so? And she's like, yes, I love him. He's great. So I'm like, you could just have a guy that she's met and is fine. I, I mean, I get, like, this is me arguing for us to be less hypervigilant about <laughs> associating with men. But I'm just like, the, the amount of, like, I can't believe you would talk to a strange man and bring him to our family event. Like, it's it's a... It, it's not a family event. It's not. It's not. There are lots of people here who you aren't related to. <laughs> I don't understand. I The whole family is just so shook by Maggie knowing a man outside of their circle of influence, even if it had just been a friend. She doesn't even want to say, like, this is just a friend I have. Right. Because like they it has know to be that this her whole thing. only friend is Hannah. Yeah, her only friend is Hannah. So Hannah can't make it to the gala. So she's texting Chase and she's like, dang, my wing woman won't show up. So how can I put the moves on Dawson? And he's like, well, I can be your wing man. Just text me the whole time and I will tell you what to do, which that's a little weird. I don't think anyone would want to do that. So instead, Maggie is like, why don't you just come with me? Um, I think he, he says, like, I can be your wing man. And then... And then, like, and backtracks. He's like, yeah, I'm, in, so I'm I mean, via like, text. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah, I'm in via text. Ha, ha, ha. I'm not trying to be a creep. There's also a lot of emphasis on people being creepy in this book. And I'm like, no one has done anything no creepy. I think we need to de-escalate a little yeah. bit here. Yeah. <laughs> it's like there's this weird threat of, of possible creepiness, which is never defined. Yes. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what, what we're supposed to... What would be creepy behavior? I don't know. Would it be? It's if it was really Dawson that she was texting this whole time. Yeah, that would. That would, yes. <laughs> You're right. Um, Dawson's creep. Dawson's. Dawson's creep. <laughs> um, so he shows up to this party and she Maggie has to lie to everybody and be like this is this is someone who's interested in getting his car wrapped and he owns this really expensive car that he knows nothing about because he's not a car guy also I'm a car girl doesn't that make me cool she's a car girl but she hates cars which is ugh. I know baffling. everything about them but like ugh, cars am I ugh. right ugh. I thought again I kept seeing like ways this book could be better um <laughs> I thought that she was going to have some sort of like desire outside of cars that she wanted to do with her life. Yeah, like she wanted a different job. She wanted to like, kind of like distance herself from the whole family thing. Right. For a while. Because yeah. eventually we find out, skipping ahead again, that Chase is going to London for six months for training. So I thought, like, oh, wouldn't that be great if she was like, oh, I want to shake up my life and do something new and, and do a job. Maybe That's an maybe there's some job in London that appeals to her or maybe like some training program in London that appeals to her, you know, something like that. But no, that didn't happen. And I was no. like, huh, okay. All right, well, cool. <laughs> she's perfectly fine in every aspect yeah. of her life she except keeps for being, the fact she's texting a stranger. She keeps being like, oh, I wish I felt like the old me. And I'm like, but what is the old Maggie? I don't. We don't know her. We don't have any context for that. <laughs> so it just, her. I don't know what it is you want. Yeah, she uh, just wants a man. I think pretty much. Don't we all? I mean, <laughs> happy pride. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Chase is there. She does dance with Dawson a little bit, but then Natasha, the ex girlfriend, shows up and ruins it all. Oh, gross. I and, hashtag Natasha did nothing wrong. No, like, no, she was she got mixed signals from this man Dawson. Yeah, 
was in love with his boss. Right. Dawson's like, I'm going to this party tonight. I have a plus one. And that's the end of the sentence. And Natasha's like, oh, okay. So he wants me to come with. Yeah. I will go to this party dressed in the way that I typically dress. If she knew enough about it to know the location and time. Right. Then he either gave her, he invited her. He either invited her, or this party is not nearly as secretive and family only as everyone is implying it is. Yeah, but yeah, she shows up and she's like dressed in like a short skirt and a tight top and whatever. But then she also shows up at another event dressed the same way, and it's like, well, this is just her style. That's why just are what you she like? Wears, yeah. Why are you bitching at her for her? She's confident I can't, in her body, right? She's like she looked like she was dressed for a club rather than a day at the racetrack. And I'm like, I, as someone who doesn't go to clubs or racetracks, I don't know what the difference is so (laughs) i seems like you're getting real racing right she's just here to hang out so why would she not dress like she likes to dress yeah it's very weird (laughs) the natasha hate was over the top yes um so chase and maggie start getting closer they have a couple moments at the party um and then they chase asks her for a favor which is I think that like I need I need to shake up my life a little bit and I want to start doing all these cool exciting adventurous type things that you are so used to doing in your life I just think that sounds so neat and so different can you teach me how to be adventurous and Maggie's like okay maybe this is what I need to distract myself and to be maybe my get old back. self be my old self again so they go on a series of date not dates where they do adventurous things. And Maggie tells Chase about this tradition that her mom had before they do any of their adventurous activities where she says a kiss for good luck and kisses everybody on the cheek. So then Chase starts demanding that Maggie give him a kiss on the cheek before they start to do anything exciting. This was the only behavior in this book that was legitimately creepy and only was not mm -hmm. deemed so because they're both into each other yeah because if i went anywhere with any friend and they started demanding kisses for like it's not like the party thing where he's like oh i could be your wingman backtrack backtrack he doesn't backtrack at all he's like no do it kiss my cheek kiss my cheek cheek. you didn't do it you didn't kiss me for good luck how and then one time he does the thing where he turns his face and they kiss on the lips and then they just never talk about it it's like upsetting no he did that on purpose (laughs) upsetting Upsetting. Clearly. And I feel like we should mention at this point that Maggie has had two relationships in the past. Uh-huh. But um, both very short. Very short. And I feel heavily implied that um, she did not hook up with either of them. Yeah. But. Yes. Because she would have married them if they, yeah. <laughs> they had. Yeah. I mean, I liked, I liked the part where they started going on adventures together. I mm-hmm. do feel like it happened really late in the book. I think it was like 60% of the way through. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm already, I'm done already. Like I want them to already be together. Yeah. I know that uh, they met in person for the first time 50% through, mm-hmm. which I was like, damn. Okay. Yeah. there was a burn. lot of buildup. We could have, yeah. we could have done this sooner. I mean, it's a short book, so I don't know. I don't know. Take that with a grain of salt, I guess. But yeah, I, I did like the parts. I mean, minus the kiss on the cheek for good luck thing. I did like them getting to know each other in real life and Maggie kind of like introducing him to all this stuff. Again, it is very like manic pixie dream girl of like, LOL, let's go do something random to get you out of your shell. Mm. But it worked, I guess, for this, the context of this. Um, They become very close. They text every day, yada, yada, yada. Uh, there's the whole thing with June, the widow next door. And, um, 
So, so Maggie's been lying this whole time about how she met Chase and yada, yada, yada. And then they have this disastrous dinner party where dad is like, everyone come over. There's something I need to tell you. And the thing he needs to tell them is that he's dating again. And the siblings don't take it well at all. Like the younger brother in particular is like fucking pissed. And we never deal with that. Like his anger at all. Like he's just meant to bottle it up like a man, I suppose. I guess. Didn't feel. fuck it out of his system. Yeah. He was like, he was like ready to hit somebody is the way that it felt portrayed on the page. Um, But then Maggie blurts out, um, I've been texting mom's phone or something like that. Like I've been texting mom. I I think it's, she blurts out that. um, Oh, Chase is not. Chase Chase has mom's number. Yeah. Chase has mom's old number. Everyone was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And so she has to explain the whole thing. And everyone's like, oh my God, you are so weird. Except June, who was like, I don't know. It's kind of romantic. And everyone's like, shut up, June. You're not part of our family. (laughs) Poor June. So, uh, Maggie kind of has to go through this fallout of, like, explaining to everybody individually, like, why she did what she did and how weird that she continued to text him and then meet him in person. Oh, my God. Uh, and then... Girl, um, like, you were texting a stranger? A stranger? I can't believe I don't that. know how you all think... Pe- I mean, I agree. It's a little weird that, like... Yes, started as, like, why did you respond to that? But she explains why she responded to it, right? And they're mm-hmm. all just like, I can't believe you continued talking to someone and you had not touched their meat flesh first. Like, what? Oh God. What? What is happening? And just because you meet someone in real life doesn't mean they're going to be a good person. It just means you know what they look like. Right. Well, and they okay. still they still refer to him as, like, a stranger after she, they're like, you brought him to the party and he was a stranger. You brought him to the next thing and he was a stranger. He was a stranger at that race. And it's like, no, no. he wasn't at that point because they'd been talking for a month <sighs> and a half. they friends. What, yeah. do you, what, what is it's y'all's so definition of stranger? I don't understand. And person I'm not related to. Thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, okay, it was fine to give him a ride in the Lamborghini at the race thing when he was a stranger, but one who was going to pay them. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't okay when he was just a stranger that had no money. <laughs> okay. Okay. Interesting. Uh- <laughs> it just really read to me as like, and I know this is out of left field and not in the text, but it read to me as like evangelical Christian being like, well, how do you know he's one of our type of people? You know, sort of mm-hmm. thing. The Internet is a scary place. You don't know. Right. You don't know what kind of ideas are floating around. Right. There. Like you should wait until we introduce you to someone from church. You know, like yeah. that's what it read like. But it, yeah. it, that wasn't stated even a little bit. We but it was that kind of vibe. Yeah. Love interest. Weird. I did. Yeah. I like we all. We've all, I would hazard most of the people that listen to this podcast grew up with the internet. We all had online friends. We all continue to make online friends, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I do. I have a lot of people I've only met through the internet. Like, that's just what They're people all strangers. Do. They're, They're all strangers. strangers. I, I don't know any of them you at all. I couldn't them. tell you a single thing about them. They're all strangers. Unless they have money, in which case they're my best friends. Just I kidding. feel like this is just maybe kidding. a thing with, like, older generations not they're understanding the internet. Because I feel like I have gotten comments like that from my parents of, like, oh, I'm going to go hang out with so-and-so. We, you know, do XYZ thing online. And they're like, but where did you meet them? Did you meet them online? It's like, regardless, like. Yeah. Like, I've talked to them. I, like, video chat exists. I don't know what you think is happening. Yeah. 
I have interacted with them in, um, like, in, um, except face-to-face. Like, I've interacted with them in every way you can interact with a person that you know in person. You know? Like, yeah. Okay. Um, maybe, maybe instead of legs, they have tentacles, though. You don't know. You don't, you don't know. know until you see them in person. Don't I don't want know. you to end up with a tentacled person. Man, if I met someone online and found out that they were a Ursula mermaid, I'd be so excited. You I'd know be like, what? This that is the coolest be, thing. Yeah. Actually, I've met my soulmate. <laughs> <laughs> that makes it seem like I'm into it for tentacle reasons, and that's no, not what I meant to imply. I just Ursula think it would reasons. be cool. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Her boobs are huge. <laughs> Her boobs are huge, but I would know that before that finding out true. about the yeah. tentacles, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. Um <laughs> imagine if like online dating for the paranormal romance Ugh. universes like it would be absolutely so wild. good. <laughs> so, um they <laughs> forgot where we were. It doesn't matter. They go on a bunch of dates and at the at the end of the last date, uh Well, they're not um, dates. They're not dates. They're not dates. Events that two single people who are hot go on together. And kiss at. And kiss on the cheek at. Yeah. And hold hands and stuff. Which, to be fair, that wouldn't be a date by my qualifications, actually, now that I think about it. There was no food involved in any ways. (laughs) But, like, they've gone to each other's houses. They've, like, cuddled together. Mm -hmm. Like there's tension there that was the one that i was like what what the fuck about when he's like at her house and hannah shows up and he they're like cuddling on the bed together and i'm like it's <laughs> like scoot over i went in on this i'm like this is not Hannah's this is not this vibe. is the weird one but everyone seems to think this is vibes like this, <laughs> this is normal this is not it hannah now is not the time <laughs> just two platonic friends cuddling on the couch together or cuddling really on a bed friends. together okay really good friends um, not to so say Maggie, you can't cuddle with your platonic friends, you can. but not in a bed after you've not only known them for a month. Novel. And not in a romance novel. <laughs> Don't they know Come what on. they've been written into? Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> so Maggie decides she's going to tell Chase about her feelings that she has discovered she has for him here at 90% of the way through the book, <laughs> finally. And he, he dis- his response is to change the subject. <laughs> chase chase so maggie gets mad and she's like you've just been using me as a way to distract yourself from your grief and you can't even be honest enough with your feelings to admit that there's something going on here between the two of us or that you're like sad about your mom dying so like hit me up when you're more mature at the same time though i did feel like this was nonsense on maggie's part because fully what i read what chase was doing because he was like the thing he changed the subject to was like come skydiving with me and i'm like oh he wants to do a grand gesture yeah they are jumping out of the yeah. skydive together let him and be like i love you yeah. but she's just like she's just like what i can't hear you it's so loud up here obviously he totally hates my guts and i'm like okay girl he, he they keep having this thing of like guys are so oblivious and i'm like you no maggie's pretty fucking you. oblivious too yeah it's yeah not, it's not chase's fault that she was like going off and it did this thing again where it just excuses the girl being just buck wild with the miscommunication and the guy has to do mm-hmm. the full apology he i'm like to. i don't think it was chase's fault no that he was like she's like hey i have feelings for you and he's like come skydiving with me like i don't know how else you are supposed to read that other than like 
there's a continued thought. There is right. There is a connection yeah. there, right? Yeah. Like this is something that I is would... meaningful to both of them. That is that is like a thing that she has hyped him up to do that yeah. they both talk about a lot that has a lot to do with their feelings and whatever and has a very literal like connection between like admitting your feelings taking the jump you know like come on yeah. Maggie use some common sense <laughs> at the very least you could be like um maybe but like can we circle it back to the right. thing that I said before you get all pissed off and yell at him and storm away yeah I, I just I get that there was a bit of a leap there, but just taking two seconds to be like, what does that have to do with what I just said? And he could either be like, what? What did you say? I didn't hear you. And then you'd be like, "Okay, so you're clearly fucking with me. Or he could be like, it will all make sense when we go skydiving. Yeah. (laughs) And then you'd be like, oh, he's doing some dumb romantic gesture bullshit. He knows he's in a romance novel. Or, alternatively, he's doing the worst breakup of all time. Yeah, he's asking her purposefully to do a thing he knows she doesn't want to do. He jumps out of a plane and yells, I don't want to date you! And then he just floats away, never to be seen again. I only have platonic, not sexual feelings towards you! And now everything is ruined! I'm gay! Happy Pride Month! Happy Pride, everybody! So we get a couple weeks where they don't talk to each other except for Chase is texting her, be like, can we please talk? And she just ignores him. And then Good, mature, responsible. His last big effort to get her to interact with him is he starts to send text messages to his mom, but to Maggie's number. Well, he's been writing them in the notes app, apparently, and then and then at like sends a whole bunch of them to to Maggie and been like, You were right, this was therapeutic. Just wanted to let you know it was going through my mind because They'd kind of talked about how, like, there was this unfair dynamic where he knew all of Maggie's secrets and she hardly knew shit about him and blah, 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 blah. So, um, she still doesn't, she, like, she's like, hey, glad you're doing better. But then, like, they don't interact any more than that. And then she goes on this jump on her mom's birthday is when Chelsea has decided that they're going to do it again. And they do the jump and Maggie is like, wow, um, I realize now that my mom will always be here with me when I do the things that we used to love doing together as a family. I was kind of foolish for putting this off, but understandably so. Like this is this is the whole grief process, right? So she's all happy, exhilarated, crying, doing all that. And then when she lands, she sees she has a text from Chase basically saying like, Dear mom, I met this girl named Maggie and she's so cute and I know you would love her and I think I'm falling for her. Also, I postponed my business trip to London so I could tell her these things and I'm waiting by her car right now. Wish me luck. And she runs out there and there's Chase and then they make out and they fall in love. Uh, he goes, they, she goes to see him in London. He comes to see her. It's like six months pass and then he asks her to marry him. And she's Ooh. like, now I feel complete now that I have a ring on my finger. Thank Again, God. Again, another one of those, like, hmm, <laughs> moments. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, it, it is definitely suspect that they built into the plot a reason that they couldn't have sex even yeah. after the end of this book until they were married. Like, just mm-hmm. in case. Just in case just you in get case. any funny ideas. Yeah, this was very much a book that, like, wanted to play it safe in a lot mm-hmm. of ways, I think. And that, and that shows a little bit. And... And like I said, it's not it's not a bad book. I wouldn't say no, don't read this. It's terrible. 
Um, I would it, like if if what you're looking for is this type of light, fluffy read, go for it. But I just want to read about two people doing the nasty. Maybe I, one of them is a dragon with multiple dicks. I don't know. Jesus Christ. I haven't read that. Katie Roberts, the author, keeps emailing me in her newsletter about that book. I'm like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to do the dive uh, that far yet. I, I saw a TikTok. I wish I knew who the creator was. Um, but they were like reading. They were like, this. these are two reviews for the same book. And it was like a one-star review and a five-star review. And they both said, like, the dragon has two dicks. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I agree. I think that this, like, this is fine. It's a fine romance. But just for me personally, when I read romance, like, because there is, to some extent, that same sameness, like, I want more out of my romance, dicks. right? Not dicks. <laughs> I want... Two I, dicks on one dragon. Two dicks on one dragon. The perfect number of dick. The the perfect dick to dragon <laughs> ratio. Um, no, I, I was gonna say like inclusivity was kind of what I was going for. Yes, that I also that to read romances <laughs> that are not necessarily like very boring white girl in Tempe, Arizona, or yeah. uh, not Tempe because uh, he's from uh, Tempe. Scottsdale. Scottsdale. Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It just, it, it wasn't doing, it wasn't doing it for me, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. It just, yeah, it just, when, when you have to wait until the end of the book for them to like officially be together. And it just made that like third, third act breakup, which happens in this book too. Cause I think that was Mm -hmm. the one thing that we were kind of like, well, at least there's not a third act breakup in this sort of situation. There was. It just wasn't. It was just weird because it's like you guys aren't even dating. Mm-hmm. So what are we doing here? I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know. It, there was just a lot of that. I felt like the whole vibe of the book was very. What are we doing here? <laughs> Why is everyone so caught up or uh, fussed about this relationship? Yes. It just yeah. the stakes were. So, and I mean, like the stuff about her dealing with grief. I liked that. So, you know, that's maybe a plus if that's kind of the sort of book that you're looking for but i feel like a lot of people when they're reading romances don't necessarily want to be dealing with grief so i don't know i don't know i don't know anyway <laughs> uh next week we will be dealing with a different sort of grief as we finish <laughs> the sixth book in the warrior cat's first cycle oh. uh warriors the darkest hour um by Aaron Hunter. The week after that we are going to be wrapping up our ttrpg unit mm-hmm. uh Mm-hmm. We have decided the book that we are reading for that. Um, we were trying to find a system that we have some familiarity with, but is not D&D since we already did D&D. Mm-hmm. So what we decided on is a book by uh, Sean McGuire called Deadlands Boneyard, uh, which Boneyard. is based on the Deadlands uh, TTRPG, which we both mm-hmm. play occasionally. Yes. I bet they're skeletons. I hope they're skeletons. The book has a spooky, spooky pumpkin on it. Oh. And an angry fish. Oh, is it like a sleepy? Well, okay. Angry fish does not fit the Sleepy Hollow vibe. And a wasp. So I don't really know what's going on. It's a lot of. There's all kinds of uncomfortable images on that cover. (laughs) Fish, wasps, spooky skeleton, or spooky pumpkin. Spooky pumpkins. 
which, you know, thanks to Nightmare Before Christmas, maybe is a skeleton. I don't know. Mm, Maybe. Could be. Mm -hmm. In the meantime, if you have any books or units you would like for us to cover on the podcast, maybe something cozy mystery related, just to bother M, you can tweet at us at ShuffleWareCast or email us ShuffleWareCast at gmail.com. As always, thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can check out his YouTube channel in our show notes below. We are also on all of your favorite podcast aggregating platforms. So if you haven't followed or subscribed to us on one of those, you definitely should. Otherwise, I am going to make M read more cozy mysteries. No. Yeah, see, now you're harming her (laughs) actively. (laughs) If you use Apple Podcasts or Spotify, we'd very much appreciate a five-star review. But if you don't, that's all right, because you're allowed to talk about us anywhere on the internet you would like. In the words of Becky Monson, my mom was the best at offering comfort. She gave the best hugs of anyone I've ever known. They were tight and warm and protective. She felt 100% present when she hugged you, like you were all that mattered in that moment. The most important thing in her life. That's something that you say about a bitch who had no personality, let me tell you. She gave good hugs. You know, she gave good hugs. Welcome back, Literary Slummers, to another episode of Shelf Aware, the podcast where we read books outside of our comfort zones. I'm M. One take. Excellent. Well, now you fucked it up. You can splice it. I have faith. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Anna.